Welcome to They Might Be Librarians, a podcast of the Plainfield Guilford Township Public Library. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are coming into October. Woohoo! Creepy time. <laughs> month and yes. time of year. My favorite month too. <laughs> so, um, we are we have a lot of things to talk about today. Lots of cool programs, books, and all kinds of creepy and not so creepy things. I'm Monty Manning, I'm the library director here at the Plainfield Library. I'm Lauren W. I am the Teen Services Supervisor in Teen Central. I'm Lauren M. I am the head cataloger and I purchase adult fiction. And I'm Laura Sutton. I am the technology and training services department manager. And this is my first time with you guys. Woo! You're normally behind the scenes, but we got you this time. Yeah, she's and always in the room. <laughs> this is the first time on the mic. This is a very special podcast, though, because we have two Laurens and a Laura. Yes, and that makes up three fourths of our Laura staff members. <laughs> <laughs> So, I want to talk about some cryptid things. Yes, you know a lot about Bigfoot. I do. I think I'm related to him, but <laughs> being six foot four and having a size 13 foot, so. Yes, so Bigfoot is one of the, it's the first cryptid I ever became acquainted with. I can remember being a little kid, there was an actual movie called, I think, Sasquatch that was released in theaters. Couldn't wait to go see it. Um, it was, I think it was before Star Wars was out, so that was pretty early on in the 70s. But I've always been fascinated with Bigfoot, and I got really, really fascinated, you know, as uh, they started putting, like, you know, when the History Channel sort of did things that weren't historic, like UFO things and stuff. There would be shows about cryptids on there, and Bigfoot was always on there. And there was the one about, um, in Ohio, the, uh, the sort of Bigfoot that lives in the the hills of southeastern Ohio, and that was always kind of cool. Oh, I remember those, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never seen Bigfoot. I kind of want to. It'd be kind of a cool thing to go and look, go out for the search party. But I'm sort of a believer in Bigfoot because it just seems, well, first of all, there's there's been fossil evidence found of, of you know, a great ape many millennia ago that, that lived. So that that's there's that evidence. And who knows, maybe... There's a lot of like the the Pacific Northwest in this country and Canada that's not been explored. Who knows? Mm-hmm. They could be hanging out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hope so. I have to tell you that I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in very many things, but I believe in Bigfoot. You don't believe in ghosts? No. I have mm-hmm. so many ghost stories nope. I could tell you. No. I think it's because I don't want to. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Understandable. So that's what we're going to keep it as. <laughs> but um, so my dad used to take us to Morgan Monroe State Forest pretty frequently when we were growing up. Now you have and to tell me where I not from. Where is that? So it's um, Martinsville, Bloomington. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it's pretty big. It's really cool. Um, my mom was telling me the difference between a state forest and a state park is a lot of times um, as far as Bigfoot goes anyway, is a lot of times, um, the state forests are just not quite as busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people who do frequent them are more, I guess, in tune with nature and a little bit more respectful. So it's, um, anyway, there's that. That's cool. Yeah. So I've never seen Bigfoot. Um, but I think that he's. I'm going to call you out on something. Really? Yes. (laughs) I remember you telling me a story not too terribly long ago about something you saw driving on I-70. Okay. So that's funny because I, um, 
I was talking about that just today in preparation for this. It's not a very exciting story, but um, my husband, Steve, and I were driving home. So we actually live uh, west of Plainfield, and we were on 70 west. It had just turned dark. It was dusk, so just a little bit of the sun left. Um, and as we're driving down 70, I kind of, I was driving, I look over to the side of the road, um, kind of near the Joppa area. And I saw this big ball of matted, wet brown fur. The si- I mean, it was the size of like a bush. Um, so maybe taller than me, definitely. Maybe six to eight feet tall, very large on the side of the road. And I just kind of peeked over at it, thought, well, that must be something weird. <laughs> and with it, I mean, not more than 10 to 20 seconds later, I, my husband said, did you see that? And I said, yep. And he said, okay, I'm not crazy. And we just kept going. And I, so later on I said, what was, what did you see? And he said, it looked like a big furry thing, not moving, just sitting there. I mean, it didn't even look necessarily like an alive thing, just a ball of fur. And that, that was that. A couple days, I didn't think about it again until a couple days later on my way to work, but I was on the other side of the interstate and I couldn't see anything over there. So hmm. there wasn't anything over there anymore, essentially. That's it. And it was definitely not a bear. It was not a bear. Okay. Um, so are there bears around here? I have an answer for that. They are not. I'm just talking the whole time. No, no you're fine. They are no. not indigenous to Indiana anymore, but they are present in Kentucky and Michigan. So I definitely I, I knew Michigan. Yeah. Have you guys this. ever been to the UP? The no. Part? That's some really that's that's cryptid territory if I ever saw it. <laughs> it, it is you know, Joey and I we go up there on vacation from time to time and you can be driving and it's it's really, really scary at night because it's just it's open and it's oh. very dark. The only I mean, it is it's it can be creepy. It's scary. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love that kind of creepy stuff. Just not. You just wonder what's lurking just <laughs> off the road, out of your headlight range, watching, yeah. watching you. <laughs> really yeah. creepy. It's eerie, eerie. I love that. Yeah. Has anybody else ever seen any things like this? I could tell you all kinds of ghost stories, um, but I've not really had the pleasure, shall we say, <laughs> of encountering a cryptid. Uh, but did you know that um, Indiana has its own Loch Ness Monster? What? Yeah. So up in northern Indiana, um, it's in Fulton County, and it's between Rochester and Athens. I'm not as well-versed with northern Indiana geography, but maybe some of our listeners out there know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, There is the Lake Manitou Monster. Um, The lake itself is pretty unremarkable. Um, It's only, like, maybe not even half a mile wide. Um, But there have been several sightings of like this serpentine creature always between 20 and 30 feet when people are guessing it is copper colored and it apparently has like the body of a snake but the head of a horse so bizarre i know but here's the really hmm. interesting thing is um apparently like in information and legend and mythology of this goes all the way back to even recordings of the Miami tribe that were settled there. Uh, the tribe leader refused to leave the lake. Uh, you know, in the forced evacuation, the tribe leader was just like, absolutely not. This is this is exceptionally sacred, hmm. hallowed grounds for us. I am not leaving this. So there was something very special about that lake, and that has kind of led people to think, well, maybe there really is some kind of a spirit or creature within this lake. And I just, I was reading about it, and I was 
fascinated by how how far back in our history it goes and uh, just how many different sightings there are. And um, there was a professor down, I think, at IU who wanted to kind of debunk the story um, and um, claimed, oh, well, it was just people from a neighboring town playing a prank on the the local yokels. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> you're not gonna say it monty <laughs> well i was gonna say there is oh, there is kind of a cryptid story it's and my good friend lynn hobbs would not forgive me if i didn't tell it so okay all right well i'm pretty much gonna wrap it up with just even after he supposedly debunked it so many more people kept reporting who were not connected to this they just gone out onto the lake to fish they were like what is that thing um, but I found this story in uh, Real Monsters, Gruesome Critters, and Beasts from the Dark Side by Brad Steiger. We have that here at the library if you are interested. Perfect. That's, That's for me. Yeah. <laughs> so my cryptid story that I'm going to share, it's through Lynn Hobbs, my friend. She's from Wisconsin, Rhinelander, Wisconsin. And there's a creature known as the Hodag. H-O-D-A-G. And it's really kind of a... I, I'm not... There's been a book about it and I've read about it, but... Essentially, when you said that it was someone playing a joke, it was some guys playing a joke on the townsfolk, mm. and they had the hodag in the basement of a house, and they would make noise, and it sounded like this horrible creature, and it was just sort of like a, sort of a, I think, a, a way to get people to come to Rhinelander, Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, wow. And if you go to Rhinelander to this day, the school mascot is the hodags. It's, there's hodags right. all over. <laughs> you have to Google hodag and take a look at it and, and, and learn the... <laughs> The history of the infamous hodag of Rhinelander, Wisconsin. But I couldn't let that go without uh, props to Lynn. So. <laughs> so, Lauren, what kind of cryptid stuff do you, I don't know, know I know about? none. The none? most recent cryptid thing I know is I watched the movie Missing Link. <laughs> that was, that's my story there. <laughs> But I do always, I, so I went to Girl Scout camp when I was a kid, and of course everybody always told stories, and I always love hearing that stuff, but I've never experienced anything like that, or seen anything, or, you know, researched it much, so I, I love hearing stories like that, but I, I'm not well versed in it myself. I do plan at some point in the next few years, one of my bucket list items is to go to Loch Ness. That'd oh, so yes. Cool. Not that I, I, I don't necessarily think the Loch Ness Monster is what people think it is, I think it's something else that people are seeing. But I'd love to see it. The The lake just looks so ominous and dark and just really eerie. And I kind of like eerie things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My boys are just really into the Loch Ness Monster over the last week. I can't remember if one of them got a book about it from school or what. But they've just... One of them, Trent, keeps telling us what it actually is. A dinosaur that has survived is his theory. And Atticus <laughs> keeps saying, nope, it's a monster. It's a lake monster. That's all. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, so ghosts, do you not want to believe in them because, like, do they freak you out? Or? I think so. Well, <laughs> I think because they could be real. Well, uh, the so thing that freaks me out not ghosts or cryptids, but urban legends actually is what gets to me. Those scare me more than anything yeah. else. But it's so funny, though, because I technically participate in an urban legend quite often without realizing it. There's the the tunnel and bridge up in Avon where there's the railroad track and you yeah. drive underneath it. I drive through that tunnel so many times. And the urban legend is that a railway worker 
fell into the cement when they were pouring it. And the only thing that was actually like sticking out was his arm. They couldn't get him out. And, um, they gruesomely had to cut off his arm. I know. Hey, it's it's the spooky podcast. There's going to be creepy stuff. Well, it's too close to where I live. <laughs> well, but supposedly that we all have arms. Su- supposedly, if you're driving through the tunnel and you see someone pointing at you, that means that you're going to die. Oh, I no. mean, it's a creepy, creepy urban legend. I drive through it all the time, and it's like two minutes later that I realize, oh, I just drove under. Well, I guess nothing was pointing at me. <laughs> So is this the, the, the trestle, the really old, like on 6, is it 625? Is you're heading up 625? Yes. Yes. Yes, we're getting a yes. Okay. <laughs> I never, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, just don't get pointed at. Yeah, really. <laughs> so I'm actually going to go and point at everybody. <laughs> that sounds like you. <laughs> so I have a friend who recently disclosed to me that they, um, within the last 10 years, at some point saw what they think could only have been the hellhound. Um, not super. It's kind of close to here. It's actually in Morgan County. Um, she was driving along a two lane highway, um, had just come around a curve. And so was going kind of slow building up speed. It was, um, maybe five 30 in the morning or something. So the sun was still kind of rising and, um, this big, animal (laughs) hellhound maybe came from one side of the road um she said she knew it wasn't a deer because um it was loping the way a dog would but it was as big as a deer at least a full-grown buck and it kind of loped not really at a running speed kind of quickly but just loped casually across the road turned and looked at her and then Mm. kept going across and she said the face was not that of a dog um of a cougar, which you occasionally, or yeah, I guess you can sometimes see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here. you can. And uh, and it wasn't a deer, so that's her story. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we think that we have, you know, discovered everything out there, and or we've plotted everything that's plottable, but there's so much out there that we still don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I read something like, you know, we've only seen like five percent of the ocean. Mm-hmm. That's true. There's so much that's just we don't know about. Mm-hmm. So who knows? There'll be lots of monsters, not dinosaurs, down there. Mm-hmm. Oh, some sci- <laughs> some scientists do believe that the megalodon is still out there. Oh man, which is even more reason for me to not go near the ocean. <laughs> yeah, no way. That's great. So let's let's talk some ghost stories because I'm going to put you on the spot. You're going to put me on the spot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we worked at a certain place together and. <laughs> I personally, I had a, what I would consider a sort of supernatural, creepy experience there one time. Uh, this, of course, was the library that uh, Laura and I worked at in Alexandria. Mm-hmm. And I was, this was when I first started working there back in the early 2000s. And I was working really, I would work late at night. I would stay till midnight or even later, just working on the collection and everything. And I was in my office and all of a sudden I felt this very weird ominous presence at my door and it just sent chills through the room and it was it was so scary and i just froze in my tracks and i just i didn't see anything it's it's something i felt and i quickly grabbed my stuff and i (laughs) set the alarm and trotted up and i would not stay there by myself after dark like that yeah ever 
I, I'm with you on that. I felt the exact same way. And you and I both, we would have after hours programs that would mm-hmm. go until 9 p.m. in the winter time. So it is yes. dark, dark out at that point. The sun has well set. And I would always make sure that there were at least mm-hmm. one or two kids that were going to be walking out of the building with me. Well, I say yeah. one or two, more like two or three, because I wanted there to be a big group of us <laughs> that would walk out of the building with me because I was sure as heck not going to be by myself in that library. However, weirdly enough, I felt like the creepiness kind of really went away or wasn't nearly as bad when we remodeled the library. Oh, yeah. Got rid of them. I don't, I don't... Yeah, they must not have liked our changes and just moved out. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> know. <laughs> or maybe they were very happy with the changes yeah. we made. I don't like, know. This is what I've been trying to tell you. Yes. <laughs> but it, it was it was very... It, it, like I said, I never saw. It's just what I felt. And you just huh. know how you have that feeling of just being watched in a presence. It, well, a ghost hunting group went through the oh, library. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. And um, there were... Uh, there were instances, shall we say, there was one ghost hunter that definitely did not like certain areas yeah. of our library, huh. definitely didn't want to go anywhere near them. Um, and then the, uh, <laughs> this this was actually really funny, they had a, a teddy bear that's supposed to, um, like, react to certain stimuli, particularly movement or change in temperature and stuff like that. They put it in the chair that I worked at. They put it in my desk chair, and that thing just kept going off, going off, going off. And it's like, oh, right where I work. There's a lot of activity right where I work. This is fun. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, isn't there, what's that library down in the Willard Library? Oh, in Evansville. Yeah, Yeah, they have a ghost-watching camera. Yeah, they have a camera. Yeah. 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 And library ghost, apparently. Yeah. so interesting. And what's really funny is I kind of knew that there was a, a haunting in this library, but I didn't know really anything about it. And I, I was there with uh, someone I knew who lived in Evansville, and they wanted to do some family research. So I just went to the library with them, and then um, I got a little thirsty. And uh, so they were like, oh, well, the drinking fountain is down in the basement. It's by the children's section. I'm like, okay, great. So I go down there. <laughs> I'll go thirsty. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know anything. So I just went down there. I go to the water fountain, and then I kind of looked down this hall, and I immediately was just like, oh, no, I got to get out of here, and, like, practically ran back up to where my just friend was. Just how you felt, or yes, you saw something? Yes, okay. something felt wrong, huh. and apparently where I was looking, it wasn't in the children's department, which is where most people have said they see the ghost or feel the ghost. It's very it was Yeah, it was actually, like, kind of back it was a hallway kind of back to the side of the children's department and then it led to maintenance but apparently people started getting feelings there too so Uh, i don't know hmm. i'll tell you another story of a a creepy place that i've been that a lot of people say they've experienced and seen things but that i did not um when i was in college uh in the early 90s uh, there's a place in Louisville called Waverly Hills, and it was a, a tuberculosis sanitarium and mm. at the turn of the 20th century, you know, early 1900s. If you are a fan of American Horror Story, uh, season two, Asylum, is based off of Waverly Hills. Yes. And it's it's a beautiful, I mean, the, the place, it's just huge. The, 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 the facility is just a huge, and it's stuck on a hill. You can see it from uh, Dixie Highway, but uh, you can see it. It sits on a hill. And, you, you know, if at, a, at one time you could just walk up to it and nobody was up there and you could just go through it. And it was, it was like a lot of the stuff that was, I mean, the the, the chairs were still there, the, the medicine cabinets, gurneys mm-hmm. were still there. 
it was a very creepy place, but I never felt or experienced things there. I was always there with a big group. I never went by myself. I always love going on, like, ghost walking tours. So yes. it started yeah. when I was in Girl Scouts. Uh, my co-leader really enjoyed whenever we went on trips, she would always find some sort of ghost walking tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've carried that on on my honeymoon. We were in Savannah, so I made sure we did a walking tour in Savannah at night to see all their ghost stories. But I got to go to the um, hotel that The Shining is based off of where oh. he wrote it. And I got to do, yeah. So, I mean, I wish I remembered more details, but it was very cool to, like, walk around the whole place and hear each story about each different place in that hotel. It was very cool. That is so cool. Yeah. So when you were in Savannah, did you make it over to Charleston? Um, not not on this trip. I did when I was in high school, but not. As Those an are adult. two really kind of wonderful towns with a lot of history, and, mm-hmm. and both of them have lots of ghost tours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, when I was in uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, which supposedly is the most haunted city in the world, I've heard huh. that. Yeah, I've heard that I've never heard uh, that. Oh yeah, it's they got they have tons and tons of stories. But um, I was there with my parents, and we were touring the castle. And we were in this room and we were just kind of walking around looking at stuff. And we see a a worker come through a door that was built into the wall. Um, And, um, you know, we kind of say hi and the worker is doing what they're doing. And then a few minutes later, the doorknob starts rattling. And we all turn because we're waiting to see who else is going to come through the door. Even the worker turns and it just stops. Nothing happens. (laughs) And we're kind of looking around and we look at the worker and he just shrugged and very blithely said, ghosts and just went about what he was doing it's like okay (laughs) but if you are really interested in horror novels and things like that uh you're gonna want to take a seat and listen to what we got to talk about right now because i could probably talk for three hours about horror novels and i want to tell you all about a whole bunch that i have read here at the library if everyone is okay with that or do we want to do something before we fall down this rabbit hole i think that's fine okay (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh one of my absolute favorite books is the house next door by ann river siddons i may have even talked about this book on a podcast here before i mean just about everyone here has heard me talk about this (laughs) book because i love it so much Uh, It takes place in the 70s. It was written in the 70s, but it has been uh, reissued several times, and we have a copy of it here. Uh, It's about this couple that uh, lives in a really nice Atlanta suburb, and they live next door to a plot of land that is shaped very strangely. So a lot of people have bought this land and have tried to build a house, and they just can't. Like It's almost like a pie wedge shape. So there's like like no room for a front yard and there's the terrain is weird, uh, but they notice that someone has bought it again and they're like, okay, well, I guess someone's going to try it. And then they get to know the people who bought the land and the architect who is working on it and they see the floor plan that this architect has drawn up for the house and it is fantastic. It fits everything perfectly. The house is interesting. It's well like it's structurally very sound and they're super impressed and they really become friends with this architect. And then when the house finally gets built and the couple that bought it has their housewarming party, everyone goes over there and this horrible, horrible disaster happens. Uh, The marriage ends up falling apart because of this and, um, you know, they move out. Then another couple moves in 
and they start acting strange almost immediately. Uh, the, the, they lost their son in the Vietnam War, and the the wife, whenever she sits down to turn on the TV, all she's seeing are these brutal documentaries about the Vietnam War, and that's what's not that's not what's supposed to be on the TV, but that's what is being shown on their TV. And then things really fall apart for them in an even worse way than the first couple. And then another couple moves in and that is an even worse situation. And so this couple that lives next door realizes there is something seriously wrong and things start disappearing. Animals start dying that go anywhere near the the house. It's just like kind of one of those things where this was born bad. If you want, like, creeping terror that's more psychological than gory, this is the best bet for you of about anything that we've got in the library, I think. <laughs> so, again, that's The House Next Door by Ann Rivers Siddons. If you like more blatantly gory stuff, I highly recommend uh, checking out Jonathan Mabry. Ah, uh, yeah. Zombie novelist. Fantastic. I, I He has the Joe Hill series that is just a wonderful play on zombies it is definitely it has its own mythology it has its own world and i love the fact that there's so much real world involved in this zombie play basically so i highly recommend that and then another book that i know we have down on the staff picks display that never gets picked because the cover is so bad (laughs) but the book itself is so good you can't judge a book by its cover by the way yeah (laughs) Uh, It's called Slade House by David Mitchell. It is very much supernatural horror, but it it starts off with this mom and her son who have to find this house that's kind of out of the way because the mom is going to do a catering job for it. And it takes them forever to even find the house to begin with. And they like had to go through this weird gate that at first was locked and then all of a sudden it wasn't locked and... Then they go through this really strange path, and it's like, at first it looks like the house is very run down and dilapidated, but then they blink and everything is all pretty and lush, and um, then they disappear. And then a ghost hunting tour is going along, and they find this mysteriously unlocked gate. And they go through, and they are never heard from again. And so it's just this interesting twist on the haunted house though because the house actually has a purpose there is a reason why it's doing everything and it is almost a sentient being that isn't just some like dumb machine that is just con- you know consuming everybody there there is an actual like method to its creepy madness Hmm. Which I thought made that even scarier, the fact that it was like, no, I have my reasons and I'm doing it this way. Right. I just like that you have a very specific genre that you really enjoy. (laughs) I do. The whole sentient haunted house situation. That's so interesting to me. I know. Well, I love houses. I love buildings. I considered going into architecture for a while. I didn't know that about Yeah. Um, But yes, I, I I love it when... A house or a building is a character. That's why I love The Shining so much, because the hotel is its own character. That's why I really liked um, The Family Plot by Cherry Priest. It involves a house that it's kind of its own character, but there are lots of ghosts involved in that one. (laughs) Some benevolent, some malevolent. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been talking an awful lot, and I've already talked about three different books. I want to hear if you've got any horror recommendations, Lauren. Well, I mostly just pulled books that are coming out in October. Um, 
But we do have some. So I only picked books that are coming out in October, but I'm still really excited about them. And some of them kind of tie in. As I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, no, mine don't tie in at all with Lauren's books. But <laughs> well, I'll get there, maybe. It can bridge over. Um, so on October 8th, uh, Renee ADA, I had to look up the pronunciation. I'm ho- horrible. It's I, ADA? I think it's ADA. It's okay. A as an apple. And then, I, I don't know. I think that's it, if anybody else finds out. I also have pronounced other authors' names incorrectly, like Neil Shusterman, if anybody has listened to the first four podcasts. How do you spell that, that author's last name? It's A-H-D-I-E-H. Adie. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's a Persian but, name. But she said it's A as an apple, which is... Hmm. Which should be Adie. Adie. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so that's tomato, a whole conversation. Tomato, yeah. Tomato. yeah. Tomato. I don't know. Spell it now. Yeah, we know how to spell. <laughs> Hopefully none of you guys forget her name. I don't um, think we will. <laughs> so she has a book coming out on October 8th called The Beautiful. Um, it is a vampire book, which we have not seen in YA for a no, little while. No, we haven't. I mean, other than the series that have been coming out and coming out and coming out. But I have been um, having to discard some vampire series, and I've been very sad for any paranormal fans be- to find new stuff because we don't have any. But I'm very excited about this one. It is set in 1872 in New Orleans. Um, oh, you've sold me already. I know, right? So it's, <laughs> it's going to be good. Um, so it's based about um, a girl named Celine. She has to find refuge in a convent in New Orleans after having to flee her life as a dressmaker in Paris. I'm very curious to see why she had to flee her life as a dressmaker. I don't know. Um, but she's introduced to the city's, like, underworld, the gritty underworld. I don't know. And um, she's specifically introduced to the the leader of this uh, group called Sebastian. And it's not too long before the body of a girl is found, like, in their lair. Um, and so more and more bodies keep piling up, essentially. So then New Orleans is just, like, really terrified about this, mm-hmm. um, you know, serial killer. And she's she's convinced she's going to be next. But then there's something about, like, she finds out secrets about herself. So I don't know if she finds out she's a vampire. Is she a vampire slayer? I don't know. <laughs> I'm very curious to see where this book goes. So I'm, I'm excited about that one. I really hope she's a vampire slayer. Right? Yes. That would be so good. <laughs> um, so I'm excited for that one. And then there's another one coming out the same day, so this will be a big day for me, I guess. <laughs> um, it's called In the Hall with the Knife by Diana Peterfrund. Um, and this is the first in a series of clue mysteries, and I am wow. so stinking excited. I was talking about it before the podcast, but when I was a kid, I used to read these clue, like, whodunit yeah. mystery books. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Thank you. I asked it them earlier. It's so good, and the movie is so good. Yes. And I loved, I loved the <laughs> this mystery is so books. Exciting. Yes. <laughs> so I'm really excited about this. So I'm just going to read the publisher annotation because um, I didn't want to leave anything out. So it says, When a storm strikes at Blackbrook Academy, an elite prep school nestled in the woods of Maine, a motley crew of students, including Beth Peacock, Pekosh, Orchid McKee, Vaughn Green, Sam Mustard Maester, Finn Plum, and Scarlet Mystery, <laughs> Sorry, that one's good. <laughs> are left stranded on campus with their headmaster. Hours later, his body is found in the conservatory, and it's very clear that his death was no accident. With this group of students who are all hiding something, nothing is as it seems, and everyone has a motive for murder. So I'm really excited. I hope this one like lives up to my my weird hype for it because yeah. seriously, I had the Clue Junior books, I had the <laughs> Clue books. Like I was weirdly attached to these characters, so. I'm very excited to see that this is going to be a series, not only just this mystery. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. And then my least, I don't know, horror-y one, I guess, (laughs) is coming out on October 22nd. It's called The Lifestyles of Gods and Monsters by Emily Robinson. 
Um, it's based on Greek mythology, but it's as if Greek mythology was now. So, oh. um, and it's like Greek mythology meets the Kardashians. So it's reality Whoa. TV. <laughs> okay, but like it looks better than what you're thinking, I think. <laughs> um, so it is based on like the main character is Ariadne. Uh-huh. And she's 16 years old. Every year there's an annual um, maze that people, like, uh, I think 14 teens have to go through to prove their skills. Mm-hmm. And it's to get to the Minotaur and to – Minotaur? Minotaur. Sorry. Um, and to, you know, kill him and prove their worth and all that stuff. So Ariadne has won for the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. And she's the king's son or daughter and all this stuff. But she meets this beautiful boy, Theseus, <laughs> and uh, he's asking her to help him this year. Um, and to win, and not only win, but to take down the whole system so she can finally be free of this whole, like, exposure to the public type of thing. She mm-hmm. just wants to live her own life. She doesn't even go to parties. She just, like, lays low and lives her own life. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm very interested to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. I really liked um, Royce Rolls, a book by Margaret Stoll. Yeah. It was, it's not at all Greek mythology, but it was based on, like, the whole reality TV thing. And mm-hmm. I don't like reality TV at all. Like, I will not watch it. It bothers me a lot. But for some reason, I really liked that book. It was very mm-hmm. humorous. It was a good take on a family that's just kind of dysfunctional but also tries to love each other. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very curious to see what they do bringing Greek mythology into 2019 mm-hmm. reality TV life. So I'm, I'm really excited for that one. I think it's it. You said that Ariadne's she'd won the, the, the labyrinth, what, Like 14? 10 years, yeah. That's it. I just like it when they take classical mythology and yeah. sort of... Because mm-hmm. Ariadne's the one who gave Theseus the exactly the, well, and the she's string used... or the yarn, and right, now and... she's the one who is she's mastered the labyrinth, and she's now showing him how to exactly. Do it. it was <laughs> saying that she's won it with that string for yeah. ten years specifically. Yeah. So I think that's an that's very aspect. very clever. Yeah. I like that. So once again, I hope it's as good as my in- internal hype for it. So <laughs> you got a pretty good judge of stuff. I think you'll be fine. <laughs> Sometimes I get disappointed though. We'll we'll see. Hopefully it's good. But yeah, so those are those are my picks. The only new book that I really wanted to talk about was uh, The Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. Yeah. And those of you who read Lee Bardugo are probably wondering, why is Lauren M. talking about <laughs> it and not Lauren W.? This is actually her adult debut. This novel is an adult novel, and reading the review, they were like, yeah, it is very adult. It oh, is rather gruesome and explicit. So I guess younger YA readers read with caution maybe but uh, the 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 premise sounds really interesting um, uh, Lee Bardugo actually um, attended Yale University and so she was always around all of the um, the different um, secret society mythology from Yale oh, okay you know, like the is it the skull and bones, skull and bones. yeah um, well in this world <clears throat> the secret societies, practice occult magic like necromancy um, divination weather magic stuff like that she is she's a high school dropout and just this like small-time drug dealer but she is recruited to come to yale on a full ride scholarship by this guy because he knows she can see ghosts and can therefore keep an eye on the rest of the secret societies uh so she ha- uh she is part of leith which is considered the ninth house which is the title of the book the ninth house and she watches over all the other eight societies because the stuff that they do definitely attracts a lot of ghostly attention because they're mm-hmm. like hey what's all this energy over here and suddenly her, her mentor her mentor goes missing and um a townie is found brutally murdered 
Did you just say townie? I did. That's how it's described in the. I love that word. That's how it's townie. De- that's how it's described in the in the synopsis, and it's it's much easier to say than a person who lives in the community but doesn't go to the university. <laughs> it's totally easy. I don't say why you needed to say townie. But anyway, uh, the so the brutal murder and the disappearance of her mentor has. She's not even sure if it's, like, supernatural or if it's one of the societies, so she has to, on her own, kind of piece everything together and solve this mystery, because if any of the the non-magic world, the mainstream world, gets a hold of it, all of these super powerful college students with all these super powerful ties to the community and the world at large, it's all going to come crashing down on her. So she has to race against the clock to solve this mystery without the help of the person who's been teaching her the ropes and she's only been there for like a semester so she's yeah she's not had a lot of time the reviews have said it is fantastic that the um the writing is just dazzling was i think the way kirkus described it yeah they're all absolutely in love with this book and i can remember at book expo when they had um an advanced readers copy kiosk for it you could there were only 100 people who could get a copy of this there was an all-out frenzy trying to people got knocked down i mean stuff got thrown i mean some people were like being threatened with being kicked out of book expo just because they were rushing to get to these 100 advanced copies of this book so there's a lot of hype about it librarian mosh pit who knew (laughs) so i'm guessing you didn't get I was not going to compete for that. I will I will be like everybody else, and I will wait until my turn on the holds list. Thank there you very you go. much. That's good. Well, cool. That one sounds really good. Mm-hmm. So, Lauren, what kind of spooky programs do you have set up for the teens this, this well, month? Well, the first one I was thinking about um, is not so spooky, but more seasonal. We're going to do some pumpkin painting, um, and both the children's and the teens will be able to do that. Okay. So on Wednesday, October 16th from 2 to 4, the children's room will have some pumpkin painting for all those adults who want their kids to have cute pumpkins but maybe don't want to deal with the mess at home. Sure. Um, so we'll do that until supplies run out. And then the teens will get a chance, uh, 6th through 12th grade for our teens, they'll get a chance on October 22nd, that's a Tuesday, from 3.15 to 4.15. We'll also have some pumpkin painting okay and then i'm really excited so um i do tabletop thursday every other thursday as a lot of you guys know but it fell on halloween this year um yes. so i'm gonna do betrayal at house on the hill on halloween and i'm oh, really excited so about much it. fun i love so, that yeah so that'll be from 4 to 5 30 with the teens so i'm excited for that one that's great what do we have going on for adults well um october 5th is the mystery cafe at three o'clock at Feel free to come and join us. There will be a coffee bar provided, and you can talk about any of your favorite mysteries. Um, the scarier, the better, in my opinion, <laughs> for the time of the year, but um, that is not required. Uh, there is also, on October 15th, Books on Tap at 7 o'clock at Brew Burger. It is off-site. Uh, the, there is no specific book for that. It is just read whatever the theme is and of course the theme for this is horror so hopefully maybe some of the books that i talked about in the podcast will inspire you to read it read one of them and then join us at um at seven o'clock on october 15th and then on saturday october the 19th we have it's an after hours program it's mystery at the library where some of us are going to be putting on our acting skills to (laughs) dazzle and amaze the audience 
for about an hour or so. So this is a first time program for us. We some of us some of us have done this sort of program before. Um, yours truly is a little. I've done it, but I'm a little rusty, so I'm looking forward to doing this. So uh, I don't know. It's going to be a really fun uh, program, and it's kind of a for us. It's kind of a test run to see you know, maybe doing something a little bit bigger next year. So that's on Saturday, October the 19th. Um, it's after hours and it starts at 6 p.m. Light refreshments will be provided there as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. We also have the perennial favorite, which now it's kind of got undergone a name change this year, but the uh, Trick or Treat at the Library is now known as Trick or Treat on Simmons Street because we've partnered with two other uh, uh, entities, I don't know, groups on uh, Simmons Street, the First Baptist Church and the uh, Plainfield United Methodist Church. The three of us are getting together because it's just kind of grown over the years to this big Halloween party. That's on Thursday, October the 24th. Starts about 5, 5.30, and it runs till, who knows, 8 o'clock, 8.30. It's, you know, it's whenever the crowd kind of dies down is when it ends. So this year it's, uh, we're having, uh, we've, we've worked with those two other agencies to to kind of really uh, streamline and, and get kind of a game plan down as how we're going to handle crowds and crowd control, crossing the streets, all that kind of stuff. So it'll be a, a, a big shindig with some new uh, logistics thrown in. So Yeah, you won't have to dash madly across Simmons Street. There will be, um, there will be a police officer or at least a safety officer there to help people across the street yeah. instead of having to avoid traffic. Yes, absolutely. So for all ages, um, I think this will appeal to parents and kids and everybody around those ages as well. Um, this is the first year we are doing our community costume closet. Um, so you'll be able to, um, through September, the end of September, people have been bringing in their costumes for us. And you can continue to do so through um, Friday, October uh, 4th. Um, so just gently used costumes and accessories of all sizes, we will take them. And on Sunday, October 6th, from 1 to 4.30, um, you can come and pick out a costume. So we've been telling people, if you'd like to donate some costumes, that's great. If you want to take some, that's great. And we're really happy if you'd like to do both. So um, we're excited about this, this new program we have. Yeah, and I think with the library doing stuff like this, it's just kind of like a new sort of, you know, we, we want to maybe expand a little bit the traditional library role in the community to, to branch out in any different ways that we can to sort of, you know, to be of help to people or to the community. So this is kind of a, a new initiative for us, and I think it's a very uh, good one, and I think it's one that's, that's, that's needed here. So Sure. So for kids, um, we have, for school age kids, we will have a test it program on air pressure on Thursday, October 10th from 4.30 to 5.15. Um, so that one should be really exciting and we're looking forward to it. We've been doing the test it programs for, I don't know, I think a couple They've been around for a while. Mm -hmm. years now, yeah. And I'm pretty sure we also have a homeschool test it program, again, for school-aged children who are homeschooled on Wednesday, October 23rd from 1130 to noon. So they're going to explore a couple air pressure experiments and um, see what kinds of things they can do. Also, I thought I'd mention in October in the gallery, Lavinia Hale, an impressionist artist, will have 
um, several pieces on display. So make sure you get there and take a look. It should be really good. I love Impressionism. Me Same. too. It's yeah. my favorite, what do you call it, movement of art, I mm-hmm. guess, style. It's just beautiful. Yes, I've always loved Impressionism. So, and one last thing, if you can't make it to our trick-or-treat on Simmons Street, we also have an exciting program on Saturday, October 26th, Campfire Tales, from 11 to 11.45. Um, we have had this a couple times before, and it's been pretty interesting, so we're excited to do that again. That is always a cool program. Um, I, I didn't, of course, didn't attend it, but I went to the setup, and it was, I was like, man, I wish I were a kid. <laughs> Absolutely. My kids loved it. Yeah. So um, before we go, what are you guys geeking out about? All things horror. <laughs> it's, ha- it's it's Halloween or, well, it's October. And to me, that equals Halloween. I, Halloween lasts an entire month for me. So, yeah, I've just been, like, I've been rewatching some of my favorite horror movies. Um, I'm going to be having a few days off coming up in a little bit. And I'm going to be uh, finally sitting down to watch Castle Rock. I've kind of been hesitant to watch it because I I don't really know a whole lot about like the Dark Tower series and there's only certain works of Stephen King that I'm familiar with. But I was like, nope, forget it. I do want to watch this. I want to try this. Stop being a chicken, I guess. (laughs) I don't know what I'm geeking out about. I'm kind of like been in a in a a sort of a a non-geeking funk for a little while. So (laughs) I don't know. I have to think about what I'm geeking out about. I'm geeking out about. This is a silly one, but Reddit rabbit holes. Speaking of rabbit holes earlier, um, and looking for stuff on cryptids, and um, just this time of year, I like to be a little creeped out, but no ghosts. Um, I have been getting lost in some um, unsolved mystery, unsolved crime, oh. kinds of little things. So Reddit is just the best to find things like that. Unfortunately, not everything you see on there is necessarily true, but it sure is fun. Yeah, that's right. Have you, okay, I'll say something maybe that I'm geeking out about. Um, I like to watch like on YouTube videos of, of weird things caught on tape. Mm-hmm. Me too. And, <laughs> you so know, I, some of them are, they give me nightmares. It's just like, oh, it's just some of the creatures that they find at the end of a dark road and it chases people and just weird stuff. Yeah, so I, I do, this time of year, I do kind of like to scare myself a little bit and I will watch that kind of stuff to mm-hmm. get a sleepless night. <laughs> Mine's so weird compared to yours. I was just going to say I was geeking out about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I haven't gotten to talk on the podcast in a while, and I just watched through all of the show. And uh, I love Andy Samberg. I've loved him since high school. And I was nervous about the show at first because Lonely Island can get a little on a different side of humor that I'm not a fan of. Um, But it's like the best blend of like middle school humor yes. and just like actual serious stuff too i don't know i watched through and then i immediately started re-watching the show that's how much i am enjoying it i love that show oh good. absolutely okay. and and i there was a joke when i was at alexandria that i am rosa diaz before coffee and i am amy santiago after coffee that's amazing yeah <laughs> since you mentioned andy sandberg um have you seen it's a bbc uh show it's called I would, American, uh, being American, I would say cuckoo, but they pronounce it cuckoo. Oh. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? I haven't heard of that. It's it's actually kind of interesting. I've watched the first season. It's kind of cool. It's on, I think it's on Hulu or Netflix, one of the two. Good show. And then another show, I think it's on Hulu, speaking of sort of young, you know, whatever, 
Ten fifteen. All right, I was gonna say that too. Yes, that it is. It's not for kids. I will. I will put that <laughs> disclaimer out there. It's it's about middle school, but it's not your kids' middle school. Pen <laughs> uh, fifteen is. It's. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Hmm. It's a good one for sure. Yeah, that was your recommendation. Thanks, <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> yes, very good. Well, thanks for listening with us, guys. Don't forget to share our podcast with your friends. They might be librarians. Um, Also, we would love it if you would take the chance to give us a rating um, on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us under Plainfield, Guilford Township Public Library, or They Might Be Librarians.